0: back from Tatooine. It's the Run Galloway <laughs> Girls. Hey,
1: good morning. It's
0: Wednesday. Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. I'm Naomi. I'm
1: Liz. And we're the Run Galloway Girls.
0: And we did get some feedback that it's a little difficult to figure out who's who uh, in the <laughs> podcast because I guess our intonation
1: is really similar. And we kind of talk fast and keep, yeah. kind of keep talking over each other. and <laughs> But that's and just
0: how we talk. So. so I have more of like a higher voice, I guess. Uh-huh. So, and Naomi has more of like a rich voice, like a rich sounding tone.
1: Right now I have more of a nasally coming down <laughs> with a cold voice. Which I is mean, fun. I think I
0: always have a little bit of a sex sex phone operator voice though. Like <laughs>
1: that like I do have
0: even though my voice is like a little higher pitched, it also yeah. has that like raspy. That raspy, uh-huh. like, you know, yeah. like I've
1: been smoking my whole life. Tone. But it's actually just the polyps on my vocal cords. Right, exactly. Well, that makes sense. And I've been told I'd have a great radio voice. Or maybe it was a great Me face too. for radio.
0: <laughs> I'm not sure. No, well, no, that's that's not true. You have a great face for YouTube, but um, so we are back in the studio today, and we have Jeff's FAQ book, Marathon yeah. FAQ book. And we thought we'd pick a couple of topics in the book. Um, I just wanted to say that if you're watching on YouTube, oh, our pre-order for our shirts is actually still open because I forgot to close it on Monday because I was so tired. And then I forgot <laughs> awesome. to close it on Tuesday because I was so tired. And Naomi is wearing the shirt that we made for the race this weekend. It's got like- So pretty. It looks a little bit like neon. Like the font is called neon. Um, yeah, it looks like
1: marquee lettering or yeah, something. Yeah, and
0: it's very, very cool. So we're going to release that later this spring. And then I'm wearing the very first Sparkle Squad tank. And remember when everybody was like, oh, it's so small. Yes. I hate it. I realize it's only small in the chest. Yeah. Because I'm like a good 20 pounds heavier than I was back then. And I'm like, it still fits great. It still it's fits just, great. It's, it's just uh, tight in the it's, boobs. But I have no boobs. So it's, it's fine. It's tight boobs. That's fine. <laughs> so, but I, I love the Sparkle Squad. Um, That is probably, we were talking this weekend how we've been... Pay to play partners with a lot of brands, and yes. then there were a couple of brands that we were not pay to play with. CEP being one, yes, and we loved CEP and their ambassador program. Honey Stinger being another one, yes. We are ambassadors for Honey Stinger. We love Honey Stinger, um, but we've been pay to play with Wasel, their uh-huh. valet team is more of mem- joining a team, I think, though. Yeah. They have a lot of events. So that one, I still see there's a there's, there's a ton value. Of value in the Wassell team and Vole. Sarah's still a member. That's how we met Sarah. Um, we had a volley meet-up beauty counter event at Summit to Soul, which was the cutest little store that doesn't exist anymore. Um, and so I think – but then there are a couple of teams where you have to apply and – then pay to play, apply, right. get accepted, and then pay to play. And I just don't, I don't know about those. Yeah, um,
1: it feels a little. I mean, it's it's one thing to be like, okay, cool, I'm gonna be part of this team, and then get get the gear that and that represent are the gear. this
0: team that are my friends, not like leave out people that also applied that didn't, you know. And I didn't really understand that until I applied for a team I'd been on for a while and didn't get in again.
1: I was like, oh. I think it was a glitch. I think if you had reached oh. out, they would have let you in because they let a lot of people in. Yeah, so. but I was so sad. But I was, well, they had already sold out
0: of race kits.
1: Maybe that's for why. For the year. They just and then, the numbers.
0: They had already sold out of race kits for the year. And I had just had a failed IVF cycle. So I was feeling really down about myself. Um, But, um, I was going to say about the Sparkle Squad, when I was talking to Kelly when she was launching it, because how funny is that? Yeah. I was talking to to, to the owner. Talk to one of the owners. I was talking to Kelly when they were launching it, and she was like, I really want it to be a club, not a brand ambassador where there's requirements for selling or things like that. And I was like, well, you know, we all are selling your skirts all the time. And she goes, oh, yeah. I know. She's like, I don't need to pay you to do it. No. <laughs> because you're doing it all the time. And so she really wanted it to be a running club and a running community, and it is. They do a book club. um. So Sparkle Squad should... I'm trying to think of when Squad will launch. So June was it's, the halfway. So it's, it's usually be oh December, I thought it's usually right?
1: summertime that when they reopen.
0: Maybe June's well, the regular time and November's the halfway. Because oh, didn't we just get some new members? Because they found a couple of kits.
1: I think they may've opened reopened it, but I think it's usually because I remember we usually normally get our kit in in it's like we don't get it till August because it's like June when they open it. Oh okay. And then it's yeah. like July August by the time it ships.
0: But that's one I'm gonna keep paying for because I love yeah. the Squad. Well, and <laughs> it's that's my one, favorite group.
1: That's it's like, yeah, and it's also like there's a Facebook group associated with it, like there is with a lot of these clubs. This is the only Facebook group that's like it's active, it's so, it's such a like engaging, uplifting, uplifting positive oh, group.
0: She posted this morning, like, everybody, like, tell like, let's celebrate you. Um, or Kelly on Monday, she was like, I want to celebrate your accomplishments this weekend, it could be running related or not, yeah. And then she put right in there, she said, and I. I need your help celebrating everyone, so make sure to read and comment. So she's Aww. she's asking for what she wants, she's asking for the engagement she wants, and she's getting it. Yeah, and it's it's awesome. Um, I haven't. I during the pandemic, I used to participate in the Zoom runs all the time, oh, yeah. where we just get on Zoom and like I'd ar- usually already done my run, and so I would just walk on the treadmill and chat with everyone. Yeah,
1: I did those a couple of times when it worked out with my schedule. Yeah. So Yeah. So they're and they still will do those like virtual together runs and that way it's like yeah. again it's this community it's not just a hey you're you're buying into this brand not yeah. necessarily having any attachment to it and then being told oh you have to go race in this in our kit right which is kind of like i don't know i don't a lot of times like racing in something else i want to race in a sparkle skirt it doesn't jive with well, the kit from another brand and that's actually
0: also kind of cool because like sure we could race in our squad team stuff but like also we could just wear anything from sparkle and it's representing sparkle. oh yeah um, and we do. We love to sparkle. Like, yeah. I mean, I can't believe another brand hasn't, like, popped up with, like, really flashy running gear.
1: I'm glad that they, but that you know, they have the market share, though.
0: And me, too. But there are you other know brands that, making
1: skirts. Here's but. the trick.
0: Here's why they have the market share. Because it's not running it's not running shorts you wear your favorite shorts it's not bras you wear your bra that works for you right it's literally a lightweight skirt that you don't even notice when you're wearing it and any top you want or you can wear one of their sparkle tanks like like that's the thing it's like not they're not
1: they're not restrictive in that way and they're not doing any
0: tech stuff like they're not trying mm-hmm. to make the best shorts ad- although they partnered with sunitas for their shorts so their shorts are pretty damn yeah. bad
1: <laughs> I didn't realize that they were sunita yeah. shorts that's, oh yeah they're that's so shorts. Cool.
0: yeah the the um sunitas actually used to have the over shorts that they sell like just like the Mickey shorts they have the sunitas undershort under them yeah. yeah oh that's so cool yeah they partnered with sunitas for that I think I I can't remember if they had already done it. Or if I had, like, they had already made something. And I was like, you should partner. I was like, I had just gotten a pair of sunita shorts, and I I personally didn't like them. The, like, ones that are running shorts over the tight shorts. Right. They, they weren't for me, but I was like, Kelly, you should partner with them. And she's like, can you read my email?
1: <laughs> so and like yeah we, we sparkled this weekend both both races of course and we got I think she actually some, just sent a wink face back or something oh nice like, like how do you know yeah, like, yeah. We, we sent we uh convinced Sarah to wear a skirt we had Nate reach out he wanted to wear a skirt then we convinced Adam who was pacing okay. him the pacing the two hour group to the wear a skirt the coolest
0: thing about Sarah wearing a skirt when we did our virtual London Lauren wore a skirt I wore a skirt. Jess wore a skirt. Sarah refused to wear a skirt. She was like, no. She was like, I'll never wear a skirt. She,
1: that's how I was at first. And that A little bit.
0: This weekend, did you... I think I heard her say, I think I've come over
1: to the skirt side. Yeah. Because... She said everybody, she didn't feel it. It didn't bother her. Everybody cheers for you. Everybody cheers for you. Like, it's the best. And if you can do,
0: and do you it are, all. And they're cheering for you because you have just brought joy into their life. Yes. Like, you have done what you love doing, running. And when you, when it's hard, sometimes
1: you don't love doing it.
0: You're spreading joy you're, and cheer. And, you're making uh, it fun.
1: And if yes. like, you can do, if you can do, since the skirts, you don't feel them. So if you can do what you're going to do anyway, run how you're going to run, whether that's you're going out for a PR, or they are going out for a fun run, and then do it with some pizzazz some sparkle and make it fun. Like, why not? Why not? Yeah. So. I've worn
0: a sparkle skirt in every marathon PR. Like, well, nope, Chicago. I didn't wear That's right. The two times because in Chicago. Of the TNT but jersey. I wore a sparkle visor. Yes. I wore that that one year, um, what was it, 2018, I wore my leopard sparkle visor. Yeah,
1: your lucky visor.
0: Um, I wore that in Chicago, and then I wore the skirt when I ran at CIM like, of the same pattern because I was like, oh, it's my lucky the visor, lucky pattern. my lucky pattern, which is so funny because at the time, that was like a discount pattern, like nobody liked it, and now everybody wants that pink and yellow leopard again, and they can't get it.
1: Yeah. And so that's so Sparkle Athletic, we love you, Sparkle Athletic. And we definitely are gonna talk about maybe like partnering as we yeah. like starting our merch and
0: Yeah, we're using a direct to print right now, but I would so much rather figure out a way to partner with Sparkle because we love them yeah. so much. It'd be so fun. Um yeah, and we could do we could do something we could design something really cute. I'm actually taking my shirt my shirt making to another level and making some Disney shirts for my friend Josie and her kids. They're going to Disney they leave on April 3rd and I was like I was like okay as long as I have everything by April 2nd I can make them. Yes. <laughs> so I was like you guys need matching shirts for the days that you go to the park. Oh parks. my gosh, totally. That and that's such a huge thing. It's the it's cutest. So it's the cutest. That's definitely something you guys are going to have to do yes. for your family when now. we go like, yeah. to Disney. Oh yeah,
1: we'll make we'll make shirts.
0: So, we're going to read some FAQs from Jeff's book. We thought that that would be a great Kind of episode to give you guys some marathon FAQs. And Naomi has some picked. I think one of the things that one of the things that I wanted to share is during a marathon training cycle. What if you need more recovery from a workout than you than is planned in your cycle? What do you think that means?
1: Yeah, and like, this weekend is a great example, so. I think
0: it means we ran that day too hard. (laughs) Like, just because you can, during marathon training, just because you can hit faster paces than prescribed doesn't mean that you should. You should Um, probably not. (laughs) Because what you're trying to do for marathon training is become or recruit your intermediate muscle fibers to become slow twitch muscle fibers and really go the distance. And so, if you're doing everything faster, sure, you're going to improve speed at the shorter distances, but you're going to uh, activate your fast twitch muscle fibers and recruit intermediate fibers to become fast twitch, which does not help you after two and a half hours into the race, or after even sometimes one and a half hours into the race. Like, I, there's definitely a. Like a time when those fast switch muscles are like, I'm done, bye, see ya. And then all of a sudden you're left with slogging 11 minute miles.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I mean, so it's it's so hard because, like, I actually felt great after this weekend, but I know, like, our fitness are not always going to We're in different up. places. We're just for not always going to match up. <laughs> There's no cycle in which we're going to have a perfect match between. Right. Because we're too well,
0: And you know, I'm still dealing with that with the like leg twitches. But I, I actually don't think it's that's actually the case between us. Um I was thinking more um in previous year, in previous cycles, but I it can be oh, very yeah. like if you've just worked really hard to get your marathon or to get your five K time pretty darn quick, um yet, you know, like let's say you've just broken 25 minutes in the 5K, right? And you're like, "Man, I'm pretty fast. What's that 8 flat?" Eight. It's
1: just about It's a little over 8 cuz I remember my okay. first my first 25 so, it was like a, it was 808 or something. Okay, so
0: let's say you've just done that. That's not that does not mean you are going to be running in at 3:32 or 3:35 on marathon day. Like that equates to really like a 405. Mm -hmm. So, but a 4.05 is like 9.30s. That feels slow when you've been focused on a 5K. And if you're focused on a 5K and you can run an 8, 8.08, 8.10, whatever, in a 5K, you can do a lot of your runs around that pace and be okay, but you've got to slow down a lot in the marathon. And so that's where it's, it's a big difference. Even if you've been doing half training, you don't just double your half marathon time and get your marathon time. Wouldn't that be fun if that was how it worked? <laughs> I
1: wish, I wish that were like, the case. Like <laughs> that would be amazing. If that, that would be amazing. How it worked.
0: I think as you get actually, I think as you get more, more fit, deeper into get training, you do get closer. I would say like there was an old adage like double add twenty minutes. Right. I don't think that's even true, because like,
1: I think I mean that has that has been sort of close for me, but it's not, yeah, it's not an exact formula.
0: Yeah. But yeah. I think a
1: lot of times I, I could use that. And, I think
0: and, for a new runner, for a new runner, I would say double and add 30 minutes. That's, that was and, my first marathon. And if it's your
1: first marathon, you.
0: No, don't go with a time don't, goal. Right, you don't go
1: Everybody's with a goal. Everybody's going to
0: tell you, don't go with a time goal. And you're going to think, yeah, but I'm, not, I'm better than everybody. Like, they don't know. I've been doing secret sauce training. Like, that's every single first time marathoner thinks that. Trust me, I thought that. Mm-hmm. I, thought so, I, was gonna, I thought I was going to, I thought I was going to break two hours in my first marathon. I mean, break four, four hours. hours in my first marathon. Definitely thought it. I went out in a 2.03 and I ran a 4.31. Yeah. No, I definitely <laughs> like, did two. I think
1: my first half was, I don't know if I thought I'd break four, but I thought I was going to be really close to four. Yeah. And I was, I, I wasn't under two for the first half. I know that I had to get out a little yeah. slower. It was like probably 2.05 or something. Yeah and i ran a 420 the slow the slowdown
0: is real the slowdown is real <laughs> so just trust it when everybody says don't go with the time goal i would also say if you can find someone that you know cannot run as fast as you and start your first 5 miles with them um and i have a great like proof of concept with this with my friend aaron and she ran the Marine Corps marathon. It was not her first marathon. She had done a um, virtual. It was her or- second live in person. So she had done a virtual during COVID. She did Vancouver, right? And then she was doing Marine Corps. And I had her start out with Aaron because I mean with Amanda because Marine Corps is notoriously difficult to hold back and all the hills are in the beginning, right? So it's hard to hold back and you're going like up and down hills. So like you're going uphill and you're like, I'm dying. And then you get immediate gratification of this big deep, big downhill. You can burn your legs pretty easily at Marine Corps. So I was like, stick with Amanda and then, you know, say goodbye and then go run your race. And you I, I even told her after 20 miles, you can start doing run-throughs. She was doing 30-30 the whole time. She ran a 5:15. It was so amazing. Yeah. Like so incredible. She and we're talking about it. 13, 14 minute miles at the beginning. So there's always time to make up, but you cannot you cannot bank time. You cannot, you know, we talked last time about like kind of saving a walk break. When we talk about saving a walk break when you're going down a hill and you do a run through and you save that walk break for later, we're not talking about saving it for like from mile 1 down and saving it till mile 10. We're talking about saving it from mile one and using it in mile two,
1: <laughs> you know, right. on the
0: next hill
1: or, or, you know, whatever. So. Yeah. Well, so back to um, yes. the question about, you know, about rest and recovery oh, yeah. and whether you need rest extra recovery, recovery. Um, swaps. Poss- I don't know if you've heard the episode yesterday, but it has I did some not great. Yet. Oh, it's a great episode. And, oh, I can't wait. And they, but they kind of, yeah, talk about the rest days and the importance and because essentially you're oh all your mitochondrial breakdowns, all your muscular breakdowns, the whole point is you're breaking everything down in which that way everything ne- learns to build back stronger. Obviously right. all those connective tissues are like, oh, I was, I was hurt today, let me build back stronger. And the recovery is where it happens. And yes. so, so this segues into, we'll just start with one of Jeff's questions, Jeff's um, Galloway's Marathon FA Cuba questions. So question, if the body is strong and recovering well, can't I eliminate rest days? Answer, this is not a good idea. During the rest days, the body rebuilds stronger. This in, The increased distance of the long run produces the endurance needed for completing the marathon without injury if the pace is appropriate, and there are sufficient rest between before and after each long run. In other words, the hard work on long runs and speed sessions will not produce better conditioning unless there's enough rest for yep. the running muscles on the rest days.
0: Stress plus rest equals growth. That's yeah. the formula. And that's we've been pretty pretty consistent with a rest day definitely after. Sometimes we'll do an easy run before a long run. Um, but for the most part, we've had a rest day before and after long runs. And Nate, did you hear? Um, he was telling me he listened to us say how sometimes we do two rest days in a row. And he was feeling a little beat up. He did two, two oh, rest good. days in a row. And he was like, it was magical. It made me feel so much better. He's like, I love that rest is part of these plans. And we're like, yes, yes,
1: rest is part of the plan. And that's another uh question answer in the book. I won't look for that one, but, but Jeff says, as you build your, as your long runs get longer, as you're edging towards those yeah. 10 by one, 12 by one, the 26, the 29, take rest day before. Yeah. He says, take the rest day. So take, if before Sundays are and longer, after take both, right. So not just, Monday after, but take Saturday too. Yeah, and then yeah, for us sometimes we're doing Friday and Saturday, which really yeah. gives us great recovery right into our our big Sunday.
0: I'm feeling antsy mileage. and really want to run, so I can't wait for my leg to like have oh, that no. snap back in it. It's it's been such a weird injury how it comes and goes, and how it feels better after some runs and worse after others. Yeah. Um, and so rest is so important. I think, I think so many plans. Um, overlook the value of rest and really um, yeah I just and I just do
1: yes I mean even a lot of plans do you know have six day a week or five day a oh week and so I so would have
0: quit like I, I would have quit <laughs> running if if we were doing a six day a week plan I think at one point we were we tried um what we called 36 hour breaks 36 hour recoveries so there would be some yeah. days where we would run in the morning and then we would run the following day at night, and then we'd take a day off, and then we'd run morning and night two days in a row. And then we must then have gotten to morning the following day, like, because... Yeah. Yeah,
1: because we, we, we did. were running... Our doubles we were, were a night and then a morning instead yeah. of same well, day doubles.
0: We did that, but then I think we did 36 hours apart,
1: too. So Yeah, so, no, we did those, but we would have, like, so we'd have a Monday night and Tuesday morning... And that would basically, that would both be our- And then we'd our, have Wednesday morning. Then we'd have off, right. So we would be a 26 or 36 hour between. because 36 between Sunday morning and Monday night. And then 36 between Tuesday- And Wednesday and, morning.
0: Yeah, because we always oh, ran yeah. Wednesday morning because that was the That's day I didn't right. coach.
1: So, but in Jeff's plans, he, you know, and in this book, he talks oh. about three days per week. Yeah. Three days per week. And so now three days a week. Now, how am I going to get the mileage I need with three days a week? Well, you're going to get the mileage you need
0: with the super long runs.
1: <laughs> yeah, and but, so, here's, so here's oh, another this great is question.
0: how many miles per week in a marathon training plan. And now, Jeff says weekly mileage is not important. I'm going to say that again. Weekly mileage is not important. What? I'm going to give you a case study. <laughs> I'm going to give you a case study afterwards. And I hate my N of one case studies, but I feel like they they really should make an impact. Yeah. Um. He says, I've experienced over a 98% success rate in my Galloway training programs with an average mileage of only 13 miles per week. 13 miles the per week The crucial average. element in finishing the progressive increase of the long run to 26 miles three to four weeks before the marathon. And I can, I can absolutely 100% say that this works. I train for Boston last year on very very low mileage very low minimal fitness I would say I think we had a warm day and I can't I think it was a warm day in like January I went out after work and I ran 13 miles and was like okay I guess I'm gonna do Boston I, I did that. 30 30s and then I injured my neck in February so I skipped a 22 so then I did like a 17. A seventeen, a nineteen, and a twenty-three, and then I went to Boston, something like
1: that. It was crazy. And yeah, the thirteen miles per week average. And I ran so no, no, like almost none during. You the probably week. were a thirteen mile per week average. Yeah. Like, and and what that is is like <clears throat> you're, you know, yes, your highest week. Maybe it's gonna to top out. I know for us, like a lot of times, we'll we'll see that we'll top out at like 50 miles for our yeah. highest week. Yeah. But our average is gonna be 30 to right. 35 for the cycle. Well, so and the year I broke four
0: hours, uh, so I ran a couple of years at like 409. Um, one one of those years, I think my top mileage, um, in a month was like 92 miles in August. The yeah. August before an October marathon. Which
1: again is less is like less than twenty miles per week. And it's the year, the year I
0: um the year I broke four hours, my mileage was incredibly low. Like, I mean, it's it's not about how many miles. Now, I will say when I started adding mileage, personally, my body responded really well to doubles when I was ready to add them. And my body responded really well to additional mileage when I was ready for it. If I were to try to to jump into that again, it's I did and it broke my body down. So like that's the thing. You have to know if you're just stepping into marathon training, you have to honor the plans. You know, everybody's looking for workouts. Everybody's looking for intensity, but sometimes it's just a 30-minute easy run. Sometimes it's just a 60-minute easy run, and I know that it seems crazy because, like, you're, like, looking for that marathon-specific workout that's really going to give you what you need on race day, and what you need on race day is the confidence that you can do the distance and stay strong through the entire time, and you need to know what pace your body can handle, and you need to hold yourself back for the first six miles. Yeah. Because if you know those two things, it does not matter the specificity of the work that you did. I I think I think, yeah. and
1: be- that's why the longest long runs are the key workouts and They're the only so ones that key. matter. And you can and you should. And, and again, this book repeats that your your other two days a week, unless you're on a more advanced plan, your other two days a week are a thirty minute run. Yeah, that's it. So in
0: twenty thirteen, my mom ran the Marine Corps Marathon. Um, I think it was twenty thirteen, yeah. Anyway, she ran the Marine Corps Marathon. She It was her third marathon, third or fourth, something like that. She ran a 5.13. She only did long runs on the weekends. She did no weekday training.
1: That's amazing. None.
0: She ran her long runs on the weekends, and she ran a 5.13. Like yeah, that's it's amazing. a very respectable time. <laughs> that's amazing. Like I remember, so I remember her doing. Maybe it was twenty fourteen. Anyway, I remember telling her. I said, you know, Amanda and I ran a five ten together in twenty um, in twenty twelve. I was like, you could run with Amanda. She's like, no, Amanda's way too fast. I was like, no, you guys have the same marathon time. Oh my gosh. That's I mean, cool. I think Amanda eventually broke broke five hours. Yeah. Um, but still, yeah. I mean. Yeah, it was it was really that's awesome really like, cool like that's the thing like you just need to know what you're what you think you're capable to do I love this how many days per week do I need to run to finish a marathon three days a week to finish I definitely think that if you are training if you are experienced in the marathon not experienced runner but experienced mm-hmm. in the marathon actually if you're an experienced runner who's like, maybe won some half marathons or you know like you're really experienced we could talk about like having a debut marathon that was kind of ridiculous but I think if you are brand new to the marathon
1: trying to push more has more risks than it does benefits right you know and so yeah for 99% of people and like again yeah 98% success rate with Jeff's you know people he's coached with just those 3 days a yeah. week getting to the finish line and well, you know and then you can add on from there it's not that you only have to do 3 days a week but well rest I would say I would say with not, running I would
0: say with running you should really try to keep your running to no more than 4 days a week if you're doing a marathon if you're training for a marathon because the risk of injury when you add those additional days it just goes up like crazy but it doesn't mean that you can't work out other days Jeff loves cross training. He is all, he thinks you should walk and you can walk every day. He thinks pool running is amazing so you can do some pool running without risk of injury. Like I talked to him about using my Peloton and he was like spin those legs as much as you want. He's like keep the intensity low um but do low aerobic base building using your Peloton. He's like that's great. He loves the elliptical. He thinks the elliptical yeah. is amazing. Like I remember uh, we were visiting Sherry. He had just gotten it, and he—that's what he modeled his double workouts for us mm-hmm. by doing. He's—he had been
1: doing double workouts using his elliptical. Yeah, he did. He does a lot with the elliptical. That's actually when he when he had his heart attacks. He was using the elliptical, but that—that's not because of no his no. fitness. It's, it's do you it's know because of
0: probably because he if he hadn't factors. been so fit. Yeah. If he probably would have a had a heart attack sooner and it would have been more devastating.
1: It, yeah. It would have been a it would have been a death sentence instead right. of him coming back from it.
0: Exactly. And he he looks so fit, you guys. It's awesome. Oh yeah.
1: So great seeing him this weekend, having all that time to chat with him and yeah. Um so another question is how fast should I run during my long runs? And now this is kind of kind of bounced off of the magic mile, so I don't know if we need to kind of talk about the magic mile again, but um,
0: so the magic mile for those of you who have never done the workout, it's like an, it's like a 90% effort mile time trial that you use to kind of get estimate where your paces should be. You could also use a 5k, it's like a race predictor. You could use a 5k, a recent 5k PR. You can go backwards from a recent 10 mile PR. but basically this is going to tell you how to adjust all your training paces. Um, so if you don't have a recent race coming into your marathon training cycle or you're starting at very low fitness
1: or you haven't raced it's, much or it's been a while. while like you just don't know right. where your fitness is it's and, it's a,
0: and i would say like if you're tool. really experienced you can kind of make a leap of faith kind of guessing where you think your magic mile is like i think my magic mile yeah. right now is like a 719.
1: Yeah. And I think mine's right around there too. Like uh, the fastest miles I've ran in the last year have been around 717. So I can maybe push it to a 715. I don't know if I can go any faster than that. I think if,
0: I think if we did like 5k training, I think I could get that back down, but I don't think I would see the benefit in my marathon if I worked on speed right now. So,
1: yeah. So, so essentially, so that, so that time trial, that one mile time trial then helps you set up Again, like how slow your other runs should go, and so you basically just take that time and you multiply it by 1.3, and that's your fastest performance you can expect on an ideal, perfect day on race day. So on race day, on race day, that's not your long run pace. So yes, you take the you take the magic mile times 1.3. That's your race pace. Then your long run pace is. Two minutes per mile slower, or or slower. So two yeah. minutes minimum. Then your race. So if so, so if for me, if mine is, actually we should do the math on that. But so let's say I don't know one point three times. Let's um, you I know, let a me pull seven, up a spreadsheet. Yeah. Let's see all it. right. So
0: if we are at seven nineteen, so um seven minutes and then nineteen over sixty.
1: and so, so it's 7.31 and times 1.3 so that would be, uh that would be a 9 9.30 so a 9.30 would be our if that if our current magic mile was a seven what did we say 719?
0: 7.19 <laughs> so our, 9.30 our would be our very best marathon race, day which is that's like that's like 4.15, So that's, a four that's, 15, like four 15, four, that's exactly what I'm
1: watching. It's a 4.10. It's a 4.10. That's exactly what our watches are yeah. saying. Yeah. We should do. It's a 2.05 is a 9.30, or 2.05 is a 9.35. So it's a, yeah. two, a 4.11. That's so, that's so funny. So then our <laughs> long runs now should be a 11.30, 1130 or, or slower. slower. And hey. And we're doing that. We've been doing it. We're doing Yay. it. So, <laughs> even without like going in now, and checking
0: our bases, Now. For we every 10 degrees over 60 yes. degrees, you have to add 30 seconds per
1: mile. So, if it's 65 Actually, hours. he puts five, every five degree, every five Fahrenheit degree temperature increase above 60, 30 seconds per mile. Slower. Slower. Okay. So, not 10, but five. So,
0: that means if we're supposed to do 1130s on a 60 degree day, that means we're supposed to do 12 on a 65 degree day and 1230. Hey, we kind of did yeah. that. Because we did, like, 1250s the other day, and it was a little warm.
1: Exactly. No, it wasn't. We were just well,
0: wearing coats. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was warm. <laughs> no, I was wearing a coat. <laughs> so I'll read the whole answer. But, yeah, so I recommend pacing all the long runs at least two minutes per mile slower than predicted by the magic mile. Again, not your magic mile pace, but take the magic mile times 1.3, then add two minutes. So I think yeah. a lot of people would be like, oh, cool, I can run 950s fifties, nine or 930s for my no. long runs." No. Oh. <laughs> adjusted by heat i have not found that any pace is too slow you'll receive the endurance based upon the distance of the current long run in other words a long run at 20 minutes per mile for 15 miles gives the same endurance as a 15 mile run at 10 minutes per mile or at five minutes per mile
0: interesting well because that's the whole point of the galloway method with the with the over distance long runs mo a lot of training for marathons does not take you past 20 miles and yeah. but what the way that a lot of training plans do is they bring you close to that marathon pace yeah towards the end of that 20 mile thinking that your body will learn how to stretch that like the idea is with these 20 mile runs and i think beginner plans do three to four 20 mile runs sometimes they go up to 22. And on or at least- two to three,
1: because I think when I've done it before, I started with Galloway. I think I was doing at least two, but not more than three. Okay. Twenty mile per hour. Twenty and mile. And then, then runs.
0: twenty mile runs. And then did you, you came close to marathon pace?
1: S- not in my first ones, but I well, I also did come close to marathon pace because I didn't slow, didn't know how to slow right. it down enough. But in my later more advanced plans, I would have a, my goals, my race or my um, long runs would be like if it was seventeen miles, it would be nine. At a minute slower than goal, and then eight at goal pace. So, which is a lot. So, the idea,
0: the idea <laughs> so. is that your body, the idea like from those plans is that your body is going to learn to take what you did and stretch it over the race. But the problem with, and physiologically, I think that's possible. But the problem is in a marathon, you have all these compounding things like all the, your body doesn't know the difference between stress and like when epinephrine is released from your adrenal glands and that adrenaline gets pumping, your body can't tell the difference between fight or flight. Like it really can't. Like it's going to just kind of pick one. And so that race day, those race day jitters are going to send you off too fast. And that's why everybody talks about a wall at mile 20 because they don't push through it when you do this slow aerobic base, your body goes, I can do this distance. And I've got to tell you, these runs going out five hours, they they make a three hour fast marathon, three and a half hour fast marathon feel easy. Like they make the fast running for the distance feel easy because you taper down. So you have all this distance, you have all this speed, then you taper and then you put it together on race day and it, it just feels doable. Like your legs still have snap, crackle and pop in them. I remember it's hot at CIM. I had burned a little hot because I, I tried to make a move a little too early, but I get to the nice flat section and I'm like, I needed a recovery mile and I was like, all right, take this recovery mile. And then I remember like looking down at my watch and being like, I can run faster than this, keep going. like. Why am I like Don't men? Hold back. It was just Your mental. Brain is holding you back. It was just mental fatigue, not physical fatigue. And that's what this training plan gets you ready for. It really gets you ready for be physical, like it gets your body ready, so that the only fatigue you experience is mental fatigue. Right,
1: <laughs> it's it's all about the endurance. So, yeah. So he's, you know, again, he says it's it's better to slow down even further than if you can if you can. So again, we have eleven thirty being our speed limit. We can always slow down from that, and even a pace that's four to five minutes per mile slower than goal pace has produced the same endurance. As a faster yeah. paced training run. So you're well, gonna have your speed on your speed days. You're also gonna have those little bursts of those 15 seconds or 30 seconds that are yeah. the faster pace running throughout this entire long run. So don't be afraid of the overall time looking slow or or sounding slow or taking you five plus hours to finish this long run. It's and not a the, bad thing. The
0: other amazing thing about this plan versus other plans is, you know, you're running kind of on a three week cycle with the with the yes. Galloway plans. And so yes, on your long run weekend, you're gonna take five hours, but the weekend after you're only running for an hour. And the weekend, like, like after that, like on that cycle, like the weekend right before your super long five hour run, you're only doing two and a half maybe. So you're taking less time away from your family mm-hmm. because you're not running two days on the weekends, you're running one day on the weekends and every three weeks, it's that super long run. But after that it's very manageable.
1: And your midweek is manageable. You're, yeah. you're if you're a busy working professional, like you're during the week you're not trying to squeeze in eight mile and nine mile and ten mile runs on your weekday mornings before work. Like which is always absurd. really, really difficult. And it's great if you can, but like a lot of people that's just not possible
0: right I mean we've had we've had some accidental eight milers where we've oh, gone out it's the best. and we, <laughs> for we, we like didn't have like uh we didn't have to rush to work or something and we're like oh yeah. we're gonna go out for an hour and we look down and all of a sudden we're four and a half miles from my house <laughs> yeah
1: or we've had days where like we knew we wanted to do x you know we had something on the plan and we did 13 miles before work but maybe we're going one of us is going on vacation or something so we yeah. like moved our long run but it's like those days are super badass, but they're also like they're not also, the norm. For well, most of us. and
0: they're rare. But but that's the yeah. other thing. This plan makes you feel rested almost the entire time. Like it makes you feel like, like you just feel good. You feel like your fitness is is improving. You feel like you're really fit. And you feel like you can it it feels like you can do it.
1: And, feels like marathon, you can do it. And you're looking forward to running. Like yeah, like you were just saying, you can't wait I, to get back I, out there. We tried to go out yesterday morning. But my leg didn't work. Her leg said nope. It just and, and so we, we walked. We yep. did a
0: two and a half mile walk, which you know what? The same benefits. I had the same kind of like runner's high yesterday from doing that that yeah. walk. Like I felt really good. Um, and my leg didn't hurt any worse as we, like, went on, which was nice. Um, so I'm hoping I can get my my snap back in it for today. Yeah.
1: So I'll give one more example of um, pacing from from Jeff's book. And you can go to his website and check what your paces should be based on your magic mile. So example, with a 10-minute magic mile, Yeah. you would take that and you'd have your race day, best possible race day, 13 minutes per mile, because that's 1.3 times the 10 minutes, which he says is, quote, really hard marathon pace, plus two minutes, that gives you a 15 minute per mile long run. And if you're at 70 degrees, because, you know, it's summertime training, or you live in Florida, 16 minutes per mile should be your long run pace. If it's 80 degrees, I'm sorry, people in Florida, <laughs> 17 minutes per mile would be your long run training pace. There's no such thing as too slow.
0: So to get down to a, um, so to get down to a, um, like a Goal nine pace. minute, a nine minute marathon, we need to get the magic mile to 650.
1: I think we can do 650. Yeah, if I we were 600. actually, we just haven't done a magic mile. Yeah. forever if we actually went and did one because my set my last 717 or whatever was the first mile of so, a, uh, so of I a think 5k we right. we're, december we're,
0: i think we're right where we're, we're need right to in between be. there we're right where we need to be so that makes me feel a little bit better <laughs>
1: yeah yeah if we did imagine mile, so. well, we could see but because i think yeah. our fitness has grown since last fall or whenever we last did some some short runs um, or some fast so
0: runs. we also here we are drinking our coffee yes and I love that caffeine. This uh, the question about coffee. Should you should you drink coffee? Should you have caffeine? Do I have to give up caffeine to be a marathoner? The answer is nah. You should mainline that shit. <laughs> oh, sorry. <no. laughs> it says no. It says caffeine's been shown to enhance performance and endurance among distance runners. One to two cups, one to two hours before the start. Those who have problems with caffeine should avoid it. But if you like your cup of coffee before you run, continue to enjoy it. You'll need to find the right consumption timetable so you can avoid unnecessary potty stuff. <laughs> in other words,
1: stop drinking coffee early enough so that you can go to the restroom before you start your run. And another great hack is, like, I don't know if this book was before all the caffeinated gel options out yeah. there. But you don't have to do your caffeine in a cup of coffee if that's not your thing. Or, or if, if you, it if bothers. to send you to the bathroom too right. much. Right you can go with the caffeinated gels and it's a performance booster. So I don't Martin know about caffeinated-
0: you. I like to have my cup of coffee before I run so that I can like clean everything out so that <laughs> right. I can then go run without having to go to the bathroom. A bunch. Sure. So I like to drink my cup of coffee. I would say like I got up what we got up at six. I went down and got us coffee mm-hmm. um, before an 8am start. I would say about two hours before have a cup of coffee. If you're, if you're into coffee, I am also I'm also like a an emodium chunky before I rate <laughs> before I run, um because I and I have not found that it causes any digestive issue like any negative effects. I've been running using emodium. I carry it with me during a marathon, as well. I have used it in every marathon I've ever done. So if there's a performance
1: negative. I certainly haven't found it. Right. It's a great so, thing to have on you in case yeah. of emergencies. Pack some for this for those trips. Yeah.
0: So, um, and then the other thing is I like the multi-symptom one that has simethicone because a lot of times you can run and get yeah. gas Heart and get burpy or, and mm-hmm. get burpy or farty and like, you know, don't trust a fart during the marathon. <laughs> that simethicone can help calm those things down as well. So those are the two that's i get the multi-symptom emodium with both uh the loperamide i think that's the name of emodium the emodium that whatever that active drug is plus the simethicone um and fun fact fun fact milligrams of the medication per kilograms for my dog if she ever gets the tummy troubles, I give her a multi-symptom emodium as well. <laughs> yeah, they work on dogs. That's yeah. <laughs> so, although you have to know like that your dog isn't ill when you're doing that because they're, like, their digestive tracts are trying to get stuff out that Penny has um, IBD because, you know, of course, she does. She's my dog.
1: well, <laughs> Aww. Yeah. well blonde dogs do too. Yeah, and blonde dogs and cats yeah. have more tummy issues. <laughs> yeah,
0: she's my poor little redheaded stepchild. Now, <laughs> this is interesting. Um, alcohol? Do you have to give up alcohol while marathon training? And before reading the answer here, I this is a question when I was coaching. This is a question that a lot of my athletes were asking, and I said, I don't think so. I said, don't, I said, try not to drink in excess the night before a long run or the night after a long run. Like try to, but a beer or two after. Right, because
1: some people stop their entire marathon cycle. I've heard of a lot of people doing that as a, believing that that's you know, gonna then, cause detriment if they And then I all. also
0: tell them, if you notice a disruption in your sleep, change the yeah. timing and the frequency of how you're drinking because sleep and rest is so important and so but if you're not noticing a disruption in your sleep you feel rested and recovered and drinking at a low moderate level is not affecting anything else in your life continue to enjoy what you enjoy and so jeff's answer is alcohol is a central nervous system depressant which leaves one dehydrated it's not recommended because to consume beer or wine in the afternoon or evening before a long run Uh, Or within two hours after a workout or a race that's resulted in significant dehydration. So he's worried more about dehydration than anything. Otherwise, a glass of wine or beer at night is an individual choice and moderation is the key. I actually have found that, so what he's saying is if you're dehydrated, chug your Gatorade before you go to the beer tent, period. Like that's what, you know.
1: Yeah, so there have been a lot of studies recently and so I'll just, you know, one of them I'll just read from. So, um, alcohol leads to increased thirst and urination. It leads to increased fluid loss up to 3%. 3% of body weight can be lost within four hours of consumption. Wow. A serious problem in hotter climates. So again, dehydration, that's the problem. And dehydration causes brain fog, lethargy or lethargy, fatigue, muscle cramping. Um, and how do your muscles respond to, Alcohol. Well, it, higher alcohol levels in the blood prevents calcium ions to your muscles, meaning muscle recruitment is affected, leading to loss in power output. Excessive amounts of alcohol impacts testosterone levels. So you'll struggle to build muscle throughout your training, lose the ability to effectively use the ones you have. Um, so it's, again, in moderation, there's nothing wrong with alcohol. I would, say, yeah, alcohol, but I would
0: it, say celebrating, celebrating um, finishing a long run, making sure that you're properly hydrated, celebrating with a beer, not a big deal. Celebrating with two, probably also not a big deal. More than that, you might be an issue. Um, you might get performance, it, it might negatively impact your performance. Anything that affects your sleep is gonna negatively right. impact your performance. But I mean, I had not been I had not had a drink since New Year's and I decided to have a margarita after our half marathon. I was perfectly hydrated. But I just felt like I needed it. Celebration. Maybe, maybe, yeah. that's why my, maybe that's why my leg hurts. <laughs> it's
1: you not the hill. It didn't allow you to uh, recover. It did, right. It
0: didn't and allow the calcium channels to move the <laughs>
1: – It was It was midday. That was another thing is that, you know, we are – I am really um, – it really affects my sleep. Alcohol does. And so if we – you know, if I have a midday run, it's not going to screw up with my sleep so much. And so, you know, HGH is produced – human growth hormone is produced during deep sleep – and if you're drinking close to bedtime, you will have a more restless sleep. Most people will have yeah. more restless sleep because of the alcohol, and that might impair your ability to rebuild. So, um, yeah, so, you know, being careful um, on how much you're drinking before bedtime. And yeah. maybe, you know, but you don't have to cut it out completely if it's something you enjoy. If it's something
0: you enjoy. Now, if you are finding that you're waking up groggy, And you've been drinking. Maybe try replacing your um replacing your nightly drink with something else. One beverage that I have done a swap for. I used to drink a lot of ciders, and I used to love having a cider after work. Now I have a soda. Calorically, exactly the same. Yeah. Sodas taste delicious. You guys (laughs) like they're amazing. I buy the
1: little cans, and
0: last night I had two of them because I wanted to.
1: And there's um, still yeah, you're basically it's the same. It's simple sugars. Simple that, except sugars. Without the without alcohol. the alcohol.
0: And so I bought root beer.
1: Um yeah.
0: Brian had one. He's like, It's been a long time since I've had a root beer. This is really good. He's it's a like, treat. Yeah. yeah. I bought A W in like the little cans. Although he was like, What was the root beer that we had in kids that came in glass bottles that looked like beer? And I was like, It's IBC. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I loved that. And I loved cream soda. I love like weird drink, weird sodas. Yeah. But it was um, – so, you know, thinking about that too, like there's there's also a lot of calories in alcohol that don't necessarily do anything to um, add to your glycogen stores. Um, you know, alcohol yeah. is processed in the liver just like sugars. It is stored in glycogen in the liver but not in It's not useful to the your muscles, muscles. But not in the muscles, whereas the simple sugars from soda – are can be stored as glycogen in your muscles and in your bloodstream so they're more readily um, accessible versus being
1: stored in your liver so very cool yeah so soda should soda is sponsor a great, us. Yeah, <laughs> soda is a great swap for something yeah. that's gonna be a treat. I mean, oh, and then so maybe avoid the caffeinated soda right before bed. But but yeah. Not oh yeah,
0: I I like Sprite. I like generally like um, decaffeinated sodas or not caffeine-free sodas. I like Sprite. I like ginger ale. I like orange soda. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I like root Fanta. beer.
0: Cream soda. Oh my gosh, those so okay. So, you know, those soda machines that have been popped up everywhere where you like pick like the soda, the yes, flavor, like, and, like the, the fountain touch things. Yeah, okay. They have Bark's cream soda and then pick the orange one. Oh, the orange like cream cream-sicle. soda is a creamsicle and it's my oh, favorite. They have it in noodles that. and company. And like, I will like try to, like, I'll be like, oh, do you want noodles and company for lunch? I'll swim by and get it so that I can get my orange cream. Soda. I'm gonna have to try that. It so sounds really good.
1: <laughs> So we'll hop to another topic, another popular topic, because, again, we both have been battling little injuries. Question, can I continue to run when injured? Which is a question I keep asking myself. Yeah. (laughs) Like, should I run on this? Like,
0: it's like, it's like, where's the line? Should, like, is, is my fitness going, like, is my fitness decrease from taking a break going to outweigh? Is it going to be worse than continuing to run on this little injury? And it's that it's that balance is this little injury just a little something that's stable or is it going to get worse and so you're trying to ask those two questions and make that that calculus every time you run throughout the cycle and depending on
1: what kind of injury it is so what does jeff say so jeff says most injuries will allow for some running if you take about a week off to get the healing started you stay below the threshold of irritation these factors will help you do this one gentle walking for the first five minutes and then liberal use of walk breaks Two, running at a pace slow enough so you don't aggravate the injured area. Three, maintain a short stride with feet low to the ground. Shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. (laughs) And four, stopping the run before you've aggravated the injury. Be sure to get your doctors okay before you run when injured. So
0: we did exactly that yesterday. I could tolerate two 30-second runs, and that's all we did. (laughs) And we stopped at that point.
1: And so that's – yeah, there's been times where we've had a long run on the schedule, and we – And there was one, it was our 17, that my planter was flared up. And we, of course, kept going because we had 17 miles. And if I were alone, I might have said, okay, this is a good stopping point because it was starting to hurt too much. I could have stopped. I could have, should have maybe stopped at 13. Now, I fully recovered and was fine. But, like, there are points maybe at which you say you're at, like, two hours of this run. It's going to be a three-hour run. And you realize that, like, you know what? The pain is going to continue. I might aggravate it worse. I don't want to be laid up for another, for a week or two weeks because of this.
0: And here's the other thing that we talked about. You're better off skipping your midweek runs than your long run. So if you have a little aggravation and you're like, but I've got 20 miles this weekend, you are better off. Get yourself to the pool. Get on a bike. Just rest. You're better off skipping your Tuesday, Thursday, your short runs or cutting them down to just 30 minutes, then you are adjusting your long runs on the weekends too often. Um, we had to take some time off from my IVF cycle and we were able to move, we actually skipped a down week and went, so our plan went 20, well, eight by one, but we did a race and then 23 in succession because we had moved that 20 from, one, from the week before. So and then and, right
1: back to um
0: 10 so, by 1 which we did Jeff's yeah, half. Just half. So now we finally have a down week. Yay. Oh my gosh, I'm so and we're we're really enjoying it. Instead of running yesterday, we did a walk. You know, we'll we're, we're enjoying some extra sleep. I mean, I'm hoping that I feel really good and maybe we can do in, like we have an uh an hour this weekend. Maybe we can even sneak an extra little thirty-minute run in on either Friday evening or um, Saturday. Mm-hmm. Like do a walk with the kids or something. Like get some get some extra movement in there. But really It'll enjoying be a really down that down week is it's going to be so good because we go
1: right into another twelve big by one weekend. <laughs> twelve oh. by one, mm, yeah. Or is it twenty six? The following, yeah, twenty six is on April 2nd, which will be our Oh, Jeff, yeah, that's right. Our Jeff Galloway virtual weekend.
0: How did that work
1: out? Because. Oh, yeah, yeah. The mile repeats the, Mallory the fly, puts yeah. a week yeah. after. Yeah. So, yeah, so Jeff Galloway virtual weekend. You can still do your virtual. The price on the website, I think, is $49. With You get all the amazing shirts. You get the, the swag. The shirts are awesome. And if you use code AMBASSADOR23, you get another 10% off of that um There. yeah I'm wearing one of the shirts from the weekend I these shirts are so, so comfy, comfy and, so, and cute. so cute
0: I don't love race shirts and like I want to wear them and race yeah, shirts are
1: amazing especially when they're cute designs I know I'm so excited so. um I think do we have time for one more question yeah, I just I found a do. good one that we should that we should talk about so question how can I lose weight during a marathon training program I've been
0: asking myself that every day. Because I, you know, I I do think that your body will kind of find its happy, healthy weight. And I'm like, okay, if I fuel enough and I've increased my activity, certainly some pounds will come off, right? Certainly they will.
1: But a lot of people I think don't. They
0: haven't at all. (laughs) They've stayed exactly the same.
1: And I think (laughs) a lot of people go into these cycles who maybe they're on, they they have a little weight to lose and they're thinking, Perfect. Because I do need to lose my, you know, there's 20 pounds. I'd like to lose anyway. I'll just, you know, as I ramp up fitness, we'll, we'll drop that, that weight off. So Jeff's answer, when runners try to lose significant weight during a marathon training program, they often don't get the nutrients needed to keep pushing back the endurance threshold towards the marathon. A modest weight loss of three to five pounds is possible, Three to five pounds. So if, again, if you're... Throughout a 18-week cycle. And if you're thinking, I'm going to lose 20 pounds... That's a half pound a month. Stop. It's possible without significant nutritional risk when using a good nutritional website or, you know, if you've got a a registered dietitian or someone you can work with. um, Replenishing carbohydrates immediately after hard workouts. Do not skip the carbs.
0: So make sure you drink your soda right after hard workouts.
1: <laughs> and so he does say like I've, you know, a calorie deficit, more calories burned than consumed. I think we has talked about this 75 too. calories a day.
0: This is he's yeah. saying that we talked about this when I looked it up on training peaks. It was like 40 to 60. He's saying 75 calories a day. A day deficit. We're not talking about going on a 1500 calorie diet no. and being at a being at a 1500 calorie deficit. When I've done the mixed, the milligrams per kilogram calculation of carbohydrate and protein, and added up the calories plus adequate fat, do you know it puts us at like thirty nine hundred calories a day? Yes. So like, so a seventy five deficit.
1: So if you're doing your, if you got your long run and you just burned three thousand calories, your deficit, you know, you still need to eat back. You can eat back two thousand nine hundred and twenty five calories, right? And then over the course of the cycle, you still may lose that three to five pounds. That he's worked with clients who have done that. That's a safe amount to lose during a cycle. I would say I naturally drop about three pounds. So like from my base weight or wherever I'm at before we start, and I I don't weigh myself all that often, but I know in you know in pre- previous cycles it would drop me down to where it was almost like dangerously thin. And in this cycle, I think I'm about three pounds down from where I was last. You know in the winter so that's going to be about it though that three pounds i'm not trying to lose any more weight and i don't you know i don't i shouldn't and that's what we're right, taking away right. from that
0: because what what as long as you're eating to fuel your workouts that that deficit is going to kind of happen almost naturally without looking now one of the things is i think a lot of people look at marathon training as a hall pass to eat whatever you want And I think what a lot of people do is they are not adequately fueling right after a run. So then they get the super hungries later. And so they're eating things that their bodies are craving. And I mean, I'm not going to say that this book is great because I only remember reading parts of it. But at one point I read part of The Diet Cure. And it said if you are craving things like chips you probably need healthy fats instead. So if you're craving salty, salt. like, processed, if you're craving, like, like vegetable oil things, like things fried in vegetable oils like chips, they said instead eat some avocado because that's, like, fat or, like, butter. Like, that's fat that your body, those saturated fats, are fats that your body actually wants. And that's why when you eat chips, you, like, are never satisfied by them because they're unsaturated fats that your body can't actually process correctly which is it goes it's so funny because it goes against like what health information is talking about like you know they say saturated fats are bad but those right. saturated fats are actually the like that those are the types of fats that your body can process in moderation so, yeah and
1: then those and the ones the examples you used, avocado and butter are natural saturated yeah. fats there are they do say to like a lot of nutritionists i was listening to tina um Mira has had a nutritionist on her the other day and she's talking about avoiding the like margarine and the like polyunsaturated whatever the, the those oh, yeah, are the yeah more dangerous trans fats right versus trans fats, the right. natural like in avocados so yeah and oh, I don't
0: yeah i don't think anybody would say avocado is not healthy right like, i think but every even, single person on the planet would be like oh yeah avocado i had a whole avocado last night with Dennis. nice
1: but even butter versus margarine which is oh, hard because yeah. i do not, i don't know i don't do dairy but um i can understand and see why that makes sense yeah. to where like the natural healthier fat versus something that's say like produced in a lab and it's one molecule away from plastic. It's edible plastic margarine. I was like, oh, uh, that's gross. That <laughs> As is, I spread that's... it all over my bagel this morning. Well,
0: and so slowly, you know what? I think we just need to find somebody with a cow, the uh, a happy, friendly a happy cow town. that you can go well, and milk and turn your own if, butter. And
1: I okay. would, if I could, have a goat. I love goats and I love goat cheese, so I just need a little baby pet goat. I would I would make my own goat butter then.
0: I wonder if goat butter tastes like goat cheese. It's creamy like that. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I like goat cheese too. Life
1: goals to get myself a goat.
0: Yeah, I mean I'm sure we can. I'm. You know what? I wonder if there's some. I wonder if there's some butter dealer that like. You could feel comfortable that their cows right. are happy some butter dealer at the farmer's market yeah i go, gotta go meet we the gotta cows. find you yeah we gotta find you some happy cow butter <laughs> uh, you know one of the things i always buy carry gold because mm-hmm. i have been like i've been to england and i've seen the dairy cows like right. out in pastures on big hills and i'm like yeah. well this must be very similar to what happens in Ireland. And they have such strict, like, Yeah, that's true. Humane rules. rules over there. Oh, yeah. And then also the difference in color between American, right. like, let's say, like, Lucerne butter and Kerrygold butter. It's
1: so it's different. Shocking.
0: And I'm like, Okay, like, I, I try not to think about it too much.
1: But. but that's, no, that's true. Like, if I, I've said this before, and actually, I became a vegetarian in France, which is a really difficult place to become a vegetarian, but. <laughs>
0: because everything's, because oh, but
1: you had butter there. They so. have all the happy, happy cows. But I've always said that if I could, like, if I could live in Europe or live in France, I wouldn't have such a problem with. Um, with having to be vegetarian for you know moral obligation, so or moral reasons, so yeah, okay. they do. You're right. Like Europe does have completely different set of rules about it, so it is an easier place or is a animal friendly place. Mm.
0: So that makes sense. But avocado oil is also really good and it's got a nice yeah. flavor. I don't know how you would spread it on a bagel, but um, it's one of the fats that I love to cook with. Yeah. So, um, well, I think that that's a pretty great FAQ kind of um episode that we've put together here a lot of injury information a lot of uh, nutrition information um I'm hopeful that you know my body heals and continues to respond to our training and maybe maybe I'll get lucky enough to lose three pounds during (laughs) this marathon training cycle but because you know, I crammed IVF in there,
1: and it's a lot. Yeah, it's a like lot. that's the other thing we we're chatting about, like weight weight gain. Like we were with you know Sarah over the weekend, all three Being of us 40. are <laughs> right, like in in our or going into for me, like I'm not forty for two more months, but like going into our forties or in our forties and talking about that. That's just part of it. Is like you 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 said it perfectly. It's reverse puberty. perimenopause is a time when our bodies are going to change or we're going to put on weight that it's just going to be part of it and we're going to have to learn how to live with it.
0: And then apparently right after menopause, like the weight falls off again or can if you've been – If you've been working out. So it's like your body is storing this extra fat for a reason. Right. And I wonder if it has to do with like kind of a last gasp of fertility.
1: Right. It's just this, and it's just this shifting of where, yeah, it's shutting down the factory.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: (laughs) there's this shifting going on. Your hormones are, are thinking about all these different things. And so... It's it's just something we have to learn to accept and live with I think but yeah um but I'm yeah. Tra-
0: working on that self love really really working yes. on it but it's it's hard and I think that's why it's important to share vulnerabilities like it feels oh, yeah. very different like the body I'm in now feels very different than the body I had two years ago even and you know part of it's my own fault I'm so tired um I used to play with the kids a lot more at work I don't as much mm-hmm. so I need to get back out there and play with the kids. I used to do a lot more handstands. I used to do a lot more like (laughs) gymnastics, but I'm gun shy since I sprained my ankle. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, so... Well, if you have any questions you want us to answer, you can email us at rungallowaygirls at gmail.com. Um, you can also
0: you message can... us on Instagram. Uh, we would love for you to rate, comment, uh, review yeah. our podcast if you have nice things to say. <laughs> um, you can or listen. click the little five-star button. We would love for you to share this podcast if you find things are interesting. We have been told that uh, by a whole bunch of people this weekend that... Uh, listening is like going for a run with us, and we
1: love that. Oh, that's yeah, a lot exactly. of you are taking us on your runs and running while you listen, and thank you. That's so – yeah' oh, and that's, that's ex- an honor. That's exactly how this podcast yeah. came to be. Jess kept telling us
0: that running with us was like listening to a podcast. So yeah, so here we are.
1: <laughs> so hopefully you're enjoying it, and thank you so much for listening. And have a great day, and we will hopefully see you soon. Yay. Bye. Bye.
0: Ah. Ah.